Today's scripture comes from John 20, verses 1 through 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. She ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings laying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings laying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead, but the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken my Lord, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried away, uh, him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Ravuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. be seated. <coughs> Easter, as we know, is a movable feast. It jumps around on the calendar. It can be as early as March 22nd and as late as April 25th. That is because unlike Christmas, which has a fixed date, Easter falls each year on the first Sunday after the full moon, the first full moon, on or after the March equinox. Now, for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, this timing seems perfect because we celebrate the rising of Christ during this time of year when the earth itself is rising to life. This time of year, the grass turns green, the trees cease looking like sticks, azalea and rose bushes bloom, and bulbs buried deep in the earth come back to life, 
sprouting daffodils and tulips and irises and, of course, lilies. But on that first Easter, we find Mary going someplace where she never imagined she would find life. Barbara Brown Taylor put it this way, When a human being goes into the ground, that is that. You do not wait around for that person to reappear so you can pick up where you left off. Not this side of the grave anyway. You say goodbye, you pay your respects, and you go on with your life as best you can. She says, you go on with your life knowing the only place springtime happens in a cemetery is on the graves, not in them. The accounts of the first Easter differ in the details between the four Gospels. Some give us reason for Mary's arrival at the tomb that morning, stating that she and other women with her had come to finish preparing Jesus' body for the tomb as he had been hastily placed inside on Friday and left there until the work could be finished after the Sabbath. But John's account is different. Jesus' body was laid with proper care by Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus before the stone was rolled in front of the garden tomb. And in John's account, Mary is alone. Alone with her grief and with nothing to do on that Sunday morning. Many of us are familiar with the place Mary found herself in that morning. When we lose a loved one, there is much to do in the immediate aftermath. Family and friends to inform, arrangements to be made with the funeral home, services to plan, and maybe even travel to book. It is a busy time, and sometimes I believe it is a blessing for those closest to the deceased to have all of these things to do, these things to occupy mind and body. But then the grave is closed, the service is over, family has returned home, and meals are no longer arriving at the door. Now you are alone with your thoughts, and all of the spaces where your loved one once were are now empty. That is where Mary was that morning. And I know some of you may be in that very same place. It may be from the actual loss of a loved one, but it may be a grieving of a different kind. The loss of a relationship or a job, insecurities surrounding our basic human needs, mental or physical health difficulties, or let's face it, just a general loss of hope and joy in the face of all of our world's woes. I think our dear Jane Cornelius put it well on Friday night. We had just finished our Good Friday service for which Jane had done her usual amazing job of decorating the altar and this whole space for. And some years on Good Friday we have draped everything up here in black. Everything. The pulpit, the lectern, the altar, 
I think even these walls have been draped in black on some Good Fridays. But this year, the altar was draped, not even completely in black, and there were still pops of the Lenten purple pyramids that we had evident on the pulpit and the lectern. And I commented to Jane after the service how I really liked how everything looked that evening, and she said that she could not bring herself to cover it all in black this year. She said something like, life is hard enough right now. We don't need to be crushed. Crushed. That's probably a pretty good description for Mary that morning, just as it may describe some of us here today. I wonder if Mary had even slept the night before. We find that she arrives at the tomb while it is still dark outside. Had she stayed in her bed, tossing and turning, and no longer able to stand the way the walls were closing in on her? Had she gotten up and just started to walk? Did she consciously set out to go to the tomb? Was she just wanting to feel closer to her Lord and teacher, and this was the only way she knew how? And I wonder what she thought when she first saw the tomb. Did, did she see the tomb and notice that the stone was not in place and think that maybe she was seeing things? And as she got closer and closer and it became more and more clear that she was not, did she run the last little bit of the way? Did she have to muster up the courage that dark morning to peer inside that tomb to see if his body was there wrapped in linens? Did her heart drop? Did the tears begin to flow again? Tears that had been flowing since the Friday before as she had watched the unthinkable unfold? Was she thinking to herself, when is this nightmare going to end as she made her way to where she would find Simon Peter and the other disciple? Stay with Mary this morning, if you will, even in the parts of the text that focus on Peter and the beloved disciple. Where is she? She has gone for help, and from what we read, they have not waited for her, not even spoken to her. They rush to the tomb, make their findings, and rush back. Thanks for all your help, guys. So Mary is alone, again. Tears begin again if they have ever stopped. She looks inside the tomb again. The light is now better than before. The men had gone in. What had they seen? Not what Mary sees. For Mary sees two angels. The angels speak to the emotion that they see streaming down her face. Woman, why are you weeping? The answer is easy enough. They have taken my Lord. I don't know where they have taken him. It's all too much, don't you see? Just the other night, we were celebrating the Passover with him. Just the other night, he was with us. Now he has been ripped away from us. We will never see him again. We loved him. And now his resting place has been desecrated. It's too much. What is there to do? but to weep. 
Mary turns away from the angels and she sees Jesus standing there, but she doesn't know that it's Jesus. Perhaps the tears have clouded her vision. Plus, you know, there's the power of your mind. Who knows that he is dead, so of course he can't be standing there before her. And Jesus, just like the angels, he addresses the emotion he sees and asks the same question. Woman, why are you weeping? He goes further. Whom are you looking for? So Mary adds to what she said to the angels. If you know where they have taken his body, please tell me. I will take him away. Then Jesus says her name. And the clouds lift from her eyes and she clearly sees who is standing before her. The shepherd, you see, has called his sheep by her name and she knows who he is now. She cries out, Rabboni, and makes it clear that she is about to touch him in some way as Jesus quickly says, do not cling to me. I have not ascended yet to my father. That's the important part. That's the part of the story she wants him to take to the disciples. Not so much that he has risen, but that he is going to ascend to his father. Say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary's tears are dry now, unless she is shedding tears of joy. And she goes, she goes and she tells them, I have seen the Lord. She tells them what he said to her. And the story has been told ever since. The story of tears of mourning turned to joy. The story of a tomb that could not hold him, of death defeated, of a God who was with us and who is now with God, of his Father and our Father, of his God and our God. Mary had this story to tell because she showed up. She showed up even in her grief looking for Jesus and Jesus met her there. Mary showed up before the sun was up to a place where only the dead should be found and Jesus met her there. Mary showed up not knowing why, just knowing she was hurting and lonely not imagining she was about to experience the presence of her Lord and teacher, but she did, and Jesus met her there. Are you hurting this morning? Are you grieving a loss? Are you feeling despair over something personal, or something global today? The Easter story tells us that even in our pain and in our hurt and in our grief, Jesus is with us, always with us. Jesus told his followers on a night not long before that first Easter, very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices, you will grieve and your grief will turn to joy. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. 
all of us showed up this morning to be assured of this beautiful resurrection truth that all of our moments of grief will one day be replaced by endless joy. All of us showed up this morning to be reminded that no matter how much hurt and grief and despair we experience, Jesus is here with us through it all. That Jesus has always been with us, will always be with us, wherever we are and whatever our state of mind is. Jesus is truly everywhere even in our times of grief. And for that, we, God's Easter people, can say with joy today, thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are thankful that you sent us a Savior to walk this earth and to know all the full, the full realm of our human existence. The joy and the pain, the grief, the victory. And you have given us victory, Lord. Although we still struggle as we walk in this world, there are things that break our hearts there are things that bring tears to our eyes. There are things which we just cry out to you to come and fix. We want to see your kingdom. We want to feel an endless joy. Lord, as Easter people, we have hope. A hope that can bear us through so very much. We have your presence. We have your spirit deep inside of us. Lord, help us to abide in you always. That we may know joy even in our darkest times. That we may know peace even in our struggles. And that we may always know how Deeply beloved we are by you. Thank you, Lord, for making us a people of a resurrection to come. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.